Welcome. My name is Quanda Jeffries, and this is Living Theology. And this week, I'd like to uh, change it up from the last couple of episodes. I'd like to uh, dig into a mystery of faith, wax a little more theological, as it were, um, which for me is the fun stuff. It's just what gets me going. What can I say? And <clears throat> this was prompted a couple of weeks back on May 3rd. May 3rd, the feast of uh, Saints Philip and James. And in the Liturgy of the Hours for Evening Prayer 2, there was a reading from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And as I was praying this reading, a quote that we often hear well, that's not uncommon anyways, pops up every once in a while, makes the rounds. A quote from St. Irenaeus popped into my mind as I was reading this scripture. And this connection between this quote from Irenaeus and what I was reading from St. Paul. And I thought when I've got the time, I want to dig into that just a little bit more and kind of take a look at the text because I love looking at the text too. Breaking a text down, really digging into it, it's a great thing. And if we really want to know what the saints said and what the fathers and doctors of the church says, we got to break into the text. Really got to open that up. So let's take a look at the quote first. <clears throat> From St. Irenaeus, it's from Book 4 of Against Heresies. And I'm going to paraphrase here. This isn't an exact quote, but paraphrasing, the glory of God is a living man or man fully alive. I've seen it both ways. I've seen living man. I've seen man fully alive. And I think that for most of us, when we hear this, we hear that man fully alive uh, is the translation we often hear. So the glory of God is man fully alive? Then it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? What does it mean for man to be fully alive and for this to glorify God? And it's very easy to get that wrong. It's very easy to misunderstand, to, to misinterpret what Irenaeus is saying here, especially in our own day and age, um, in the modern West, where we are surrounded day in and day out by uh, secularism and the irreligious and a lot of the pop culture self-help uh, stuff, which oftentimes takes God out of the equation. So what does it mean for man to be fully alive or to be a living man? Well, you know, Irenaeus continues on. The quote doesn't end there. That's just the first half of the sentence. Everyone turns it into one sentence. And no, we need the whole sentence. He continues on saying, quote, the life of man consists in beholding God. So to be fully alive we have to behold 
God. Being fully alive is not uh, something fundamentally rooted in the human. To be a human being who is fully alive is fundamentally rooted in the divine. It's not rooted in us. It's rooted in the one in whose image we are made. And earlier in this text, in the paragraph before, Irenaeus states that in order to live, we must see God. Again, these are paraphrases. I'm not quoting here. In order to live, we must see God. Now, he does say that, see God. Okay. Um, he says that this sight makes us immortal. And that immortality is attainment to God. So we are attaining to God in seeing him and being made alive. So the type of life that we're talking about when we say man fully alive is eternal life. It's immortality. It's not earthly life. It's the life for which we were created. It's a participation in the divine life. And one of these days, I am going to have to do an episode on divinization and that great mystery of partaking of the divine nature. But it is not this day. So the question is, how do we come to see God and hence be truly living? How do we come to see God if that is how we become fully alive is to behold him, to see him? Then how do we do that? How do we make that happen? Well, I guess the first thing to state is that we can't make that happen. Doing this is beyond the ability of human beings, both as individuals and as a group. The vision of God is unattainable by human means, and therefore being fully alive is unattainable by human means. And we have great philosophical traditions across history and cultures in our world. Great traditions stretching from the far reaches of the East to the expanses of the West. And yet they all fall short of our ultimate aim. That ultimate aim of being fully alive that ultimate aim of being a living man even if by means of any of these traditions one were to achieve a freedom of detachment the freedom of the vision of God lies beyond and unespied To gain the freedom of detachment through philosophical 
inquiry and life or through a life devoted in service to others such as say the life of Gandhi to attain a freedom of detachment is not the ultimate goal of human life the ultimate goal is the freedom that comes with the vision of God so we still have this question how do we attain to the vision of God how do we see him if we are not able to do this ourselves if we are not able to make that happen and again Irenaeus provides the answer it is Jesus Christ the Son and Word of God it's Jesus who reveals the Father it's Jesus who is one of the Holy Trinity reveals the triune God and also he is the one in whom God reveals his plan for humanity So Jesus is the one way in which we can come to see God and be a living man. Jesus is the one way in which it is possible for us to be fully alive. So our attaining to God is grounded enveloped and carried by the divine our journey and our quest for that fullness which is human a human journeying itself is not grounded in the human it is grounded in the divine and while this is not to the exclusion of all else it is above all else a divine initiative and act of grace so now we come to that scripture from a couple weeks back on May 3rd from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians and it said Christ gave apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers and roles of service for the faithful to build up the body of Christ till we, till we become one in faith and in the knowledge of God's Son and form that perfect man who is Christ come to full stature. So in regards to this mystery of man being fully alive, now enters the church. And in all things, there is always the Christological and there is the ecclesiological. There is always both Christ and the church for a very simple reason. Christ is the head, the church is the body. We cannot separate Christ and the church. So if Christ is at the center of all things, guess what 
you will find the church there too. And so too with this mystery of the living man, there is the church. It is the body of Christ. And it is the one, the church is the one being formed into that perfect man who is Christ come to full stature. Perfect man, full stature, man fully alive. Jesus Christ is the man, as Pontius Pilate stated. He is the son of man, as the evangelist St. Matthew so often calls him. He is the new Adam, as St. Paul declares. So the living man, the man fully alive, is a singular person, Jesus Christ. He is the living man in whom God is glorified. And he who sees him sees the Father. The apostles and disciples looked upon his face with his human body. He was manifest to them in the, with a human body, the humanity that he took upon himself. And he had a face and they looked upon it. And we today still look upon his face. We look upon his face with his mystical body. And that face is just as true as it was 2,000 years ago when he walked in that human body here on earth. So like the apostles and the disciples, we gaze upon the face of Jesus Christ. We see Jesus Christ. And in seeing him, we see the Father. We see God. But it's not just enough to see with physical eyes. It's not enough to see with the eyes of the intellect. There must be an actual joining to Jesus Christ for this living man, this man fully alive, is singular. And so we are joined to him through the sacraments of the church, for the church is the true body of Christ. And we are made one in him, in the one Lord, by the one Spirit, in his one body, the church. By the grace of the sacraments, our face becomes his face, our eyes his eyes, our heart his heart. All of this necessarily entails communion with the church. The mystical body and the church are one and the same. It is only in the communion of the church that one can be fully alive. It is only in the communion of the church that one is joined to the living man and becomes living himself in this life and in the next.
Thank you all. God bless you. And I hope you have a blessed day. Until next time.